How do you create the life of your dreams? I keep repeating, the extraordinary belongs to those that create it. And I can almost hear you saying, enough already, Alan. How do we actually do this? Where do we start? Well, in this episode, I want to lay out a framework from getting to A to B and the steps to do it. If you want to have an extraordinary life, which I know sounds a bit pretentious, but let's move past that because we all want to create something amazing. If you really want to do that, then this is the episode that lays out the blueprint. The extraordinary belongs to those that created. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome to the practical self-development episode. And what I really wanted to do with this episode is lay out all the different ways of thinking that I have developed over the years from going on different training courses. Like I've learned from other people, don't get me wrong. I've not developed it all myself, but I've gone on this course and learned this, and then I've applied it and changed it and developed it. And I wanted to lay out all of the different ways of thinking that I have developed to work on my own life. And the purpose of doing this is to help you build an extraordinary life. And nothing makes me happier than your success. So that's the purpose of this episode is to lay out practical tools, tips, and steps for you to get where you want to. And the first we're going to start with is think in decades, not years. And the key sentence here is most people overestimate what they can achieve in a year and they underestimate what they can achieve in a decade. There's a crazy what you can achieve in a decade, but most people never get there because they think they can do it in a year. And by March, if they set the goal in January, they're feeling disappointed, they're feeling demotivated, and they don't push through. How do I know that? (laughs) Because this was me. Every year when I started my business, I would set the goal. I want to make a hundred grand this year. I want to make a hundred thousand pounds. And I was so excited. And I'd go out in January and I'd make calls and I'd hustle and I'd send emails and print flyers and set up courses and I'd sell things and I'd work really hard. And by March, I wasn't a millionaire yet. (laughs) I was nowhere near a hundred grand. In fact, I'd started to feel like there was no way to do it in a year. And I would feel demotivated. I would feel a mess. And I remember one particular instance of walking across Waterloo Bridge. I was going to see one of my mentors, Ashley Blackmore, and I was in a mess. And I was nowhere near my goals. I was still listening to the self-development CDs that tell you you can do anything. I was listening to Brian Tracy, actually. And uh, he said on the CD as I walked over the bridge, when the money comes, you'll be amazed at how fast the money comes. And I remember uh, thinking several expletives off Brian Tracy. (laughs) The money is not coming and I'm putting all my effort into this. And I felt a little bit destroyed. And I remember saying to Ashley, will I ever make it? Like what's going on? And he had to talk me down from a ledge, help me get to a place where I just keep going. And this all happened because I'd set the wrong time frame. You're not going to make, probably, some of you will if you're lucky, but you're probably not going to make a hundred grand in your first year in business. You're probably going to start out, find a few customers, push, grow, make some money, 
then you're going to have some setbacks, then you're going to get going again, then you're going to make some more money and it'll gradually grow. And I don't think it was year, I don't know, six that I made a hundred grand. And uh, believe me, that was a lot of money for me, especially Katie was working as well. And I was over the moon, but it took a lot longer than I thought to build the life I wanted to build. But that's because we get excited and think we can do everything in a year. So what I want you to start thinking is thinking in decades, what are you actually building over the next decade? What's the business you want to run? What's the financial setup you want to have? What's the life you want to lead? Where are you going as a family, an individual, a team over the next decade? Because that decade gives us the time to build it. And you might be thinking, well, Alan, that's great for you being young. Well, I'm 43. Mm. 43 is young for me at the moment, but my uh, definition of young keeps changing. You might be thinking, Alan, that's great for you, but I'm 50. Well, a decade takes you to 60. Imagine being 60 and having the business of your dreams, the finances of your dreams, doing whatever you want to do. Imagine if you're 55 and you can achieve that by 65. Most people never achieve this in a lifetime. So stop making age an excuse and start creating the life you want to actually live. Age is just an excuse for not trying. People say, it's fine for you, you're young. It's fine for you, you're 30, you're 20. Everyone wishes they found this stuff earlier. I wish I found this stuff earlier. But you didn't. And you're where you are. And that's it. And I have to say this to myself. I have the life of my dreams now. Why didn't I get on with it sooner? I tried my best. I didn't find what I needed to find. You are where you are. You just need to start now. And I don't care whether you're 55, 30 or 65. Imagine you're 65 right now and you're building the business of your dreams and setting your finances up. And by 75, you're working on your health. You're stronger than you were at 65. You're fitter. You're financially better off. You're living the life of your dreams. Like imagine what people will say and how you will feel. It's unbelievable. So I do not care what age you are. Start now. So the first principle of this is think in decades, not years, and just start where you are. Then this is going to come up repeatedly, but I think one of the keys to this is thinking, where do I want my whole life to be in a decade? That's too big. That's difficult to understand. I can't do that. I really struggle with that. So what I want to suggest is breaking it down into areas and shorter term goals. And we're going to come on to this in a bit, but let's start with the areas. This has really, really helped me with my thinking. And I remember doing my annual review know, four or five years ago, and I was a bit frustrated where Rebel Business School had got to. And I was trying to think like, where are we going? What are we doing? How are we getting there? All those great questions. And something inspired me to look up online, what are the areas of a business? So I did that. I Googled major areas of business and I wrote them down and I refined it into a list that actually reflected my world and my business. And then I started to think through them. The list I came up with was marketing, number one, two, sales, three, operations like the service, the product, four, finances, five, people, six, customers, and seven, website, online, like my online universe. Those were the seven areas I came up with. Then I sat down and thought through where I currently was with those areas. So in marketing, where am I? 
How many people are seeing my message? What are my stats like? Am I happy with the marketing message? What's sales like? How much money is coming in? How much effort am I doing to find the customers? What outreach am I doing? The product, how much do people like the product? And I went through each and every area that I listed out and worked out where I was. Then I asked the question, which is always, this can be a painful question, but it's worth asking. If we keep going like we are, where are we going to end up? And am I happy with the destination? So sales, if I keep going on like this, am I happy with where I'm going? And at the time, sales was sporadic. Simon and I were doing it. Sometimes we'd be motivated. Sometimes we'd get distracted by running the business. It was very sporadic. And I thought, if we keep going like this, we're not going to have the company of our dreams. And actually, that helped lead to hiring a salesperson, changing the business, growing it. But that question of, am I happy with the direction I'm going, then inspires me to go, if I'm not, better do something about it. But breaking down these areas then allowed me to set smaller goals and to think through my business in the different areas. You can start to think, well, okay, my online universe, number seven, website. What's my website like currently? Well, it's working. People are signing up. This is happening. Da, da, da. I'm getting a bit of traffic, but it's not great. I don't think the flow's right. Looking at this, you could get someone else to review it for you. You could have a look at it. Then you go, if we keep going like this, am I happy with the destination? Well, we sporadically change the website. We're not like that consistent. I haven't thought through the flow for the customer that well. If we keep going like this, it's not performing what I want it to perform. Okay, based on that, where do I want to be and what do I need to change to get there? Well, I want a simple website that delivers customers regularly, that's easy to use, that inspires people to come on our courses, that gives information and changes the way entrepreneurship is taught. That's what I want. Great. Okay. So what do I need to do now to change it, to start moving towards that? And that is how you create change. So one of the most important things you can do with your business is break it down by areas. And if you're talking about development, self-development, personal development, business development, this is how you do it. You break it down, you look at an area, you work out where you want to go and you slowly work on it. So if we take marketing, it was around about this stage that I bought Guerrilla Marketing, the book. I read Guerrilla Marketing. I was blown away. Then there was another one that was, I think, 101 Guerrilla Marketing ideas. I took a huge amount of notes. I decided on three or four that I actually wanted to try. I started to do it consistently and put myself out there. But breaking it down, coming up with goals, learning in that area changed everything for me. So the second thing I wanted to talk to you about is breaking it down. And you can do this whether it's your business or your personal life. And you can do exactly the same thing in your personal life. And I do regularly do this. I split my personal life into eight major areas. I think through how am I doing in that area? What's going on currently? Where am I now? Simon and I would call it the current reality. It's a fancy way of saying, what's going on right now in your life? Then we look through each area of life and go, okay, if we keep going like this, am I happy with where I'm going? If not, what am I going to do to change it to move where I want to get to? So the eight areas that I have for personal life are number one, personal growth and development. And you you can probably imagine that would be number one, because the thing that I have discovered over the years is Every time I read a book that adds value to my world, 
every time I go on a course, every time I speak to someone who's achieved what I want to achieve, I learn and I grow and my income goes up. My business becomes more successful. My podcast grows. I add more value to people's lives. Life gets better every time I grow and develop. So I have this constant, never-ending desire to learn and grow. And I actually look through these areas once a month in my monthly review and go, how am I doing in this area? Or am I moving forwards? And we just did this one recently. This month, we went on the landmark course in Los Angeles, fascinating landmark forum, and I was learning and I was growing. So the first area is personal growth and development. The second one on my list is finance. How's your personal finance? How's your money going? Is it moving in the right direction? And every month I look to see are my finances moving in the right direction? How am I doing? Number three is career and business, which I have a little overview when I'm doing my personal life stuff. And then when I'm going into my business world, I go into properly review the different sections. Number four, this is the more woo-woo bit, I guess you would say, is spirituality or connection to the universe. Me personally, I'm not particularly religious However, I do kind of feel like there's something connecting us. I do feel my connection to the universe. I'm either vibing with the universe and we're working together, or sometimes I feel like I'm not vibing with the universe and (laughs) the world is working against me. And I like to consider how in tune with the world am I? How relaxed am I feeling? How comfortable am I feeling in the universe and with my space in the universe? So that's number four, spirituality or connection to the universe. And you can take that however you want to. Number five, I've got significant other and relationships. So you may or may not have a partner. This is where you start to think, how's it working with them? Are they happy? Am I happy? Am I looking after them? Are they looking after me? How is their happiness? And then the other relationships around you, which might be family, friends, children, all of those sorts of things. And it is very important to look at, review, consider the relationships in your life and where you need to invest your time. Six is contribution or giving. What are you giving to the universe, to the world, to the people? What are you contributing to the people around you? And this for me is a huge one. It's almost related to my business one because I believe that the true way to get wealthy in life is through contribution to other people. It's through what value can you deliver to other people? How can you help them get what they want to get? Because every business, I don't care what business you're in, every business makes other people's lives better. If you're in a food business... (laughs) Your food makes my life better. It makes my tongue tingle. It makes me happy. It brings fulfillment to my stomach. That sounds like a strange sentence, but you know what I mean. Food businesses, art businesses, you create beautiful spaces. You create something that people love. Podcasting, you add value to people. You help them. You entertain them. You inspire them. Every business contributes or adds value to the world and the people. And I believe that the way to get wealthy is through helping other people. You can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want in life. And this is the section where I look about what am I contributing? What am I giving? How am I adding to the world? And what am I doing? 
And I think it's a fantastic area to consider. Number seven is health and fitness. Do you have the energy to support you doing what you want to do? How fit are you? How are you feeling? How is your body? Have a quick look down and decide whether you need to do something about it. But health and fitness, because most people think that entrepreneurship is a time problem. However, I think it's an energy problem. They get to the end of the day and they've got time, but they have no energy. So they sit on the couch and they watch Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, some kind of TV show, and they vegetate on the couch. They have time. They don't have energy to use the time. So one of the biggest areas of life for you to think about is, what am I doing in the area of health and fitness to support my energy so I can actually achieve what I want to achieve? This is also an area of life that historically has been a challenge for me. Sometimes I'm very good about it. I'm on it. I'm exercising. My weight goes down. I feel good. And at other times I'm not. And I'm a little heavier than I want to be at the moment. And my body aches because I haven't been doing enough stretching or yoga, which means I don't have the energy to do what I want to do. So this for me is an area that I go, I need to work on this. I need to improve it. And then the eighth area, which I don't think often gets considered, is physical environment. Your living space, your working space, your sleeping space. What are you doing to make your space better so it increases your happiness, your inspiration, and your energy so that you can do more of what you want to do? How is your space set up so that you can live the life you want to live? So those are the eight areas of life, personal growth and development, finance, career and business, spirituality or connection to the universe, significant other relationships, contribution or giving number six, number seven, health and fitness, and number eight, physical environment. And what I do is I look at those areas, look at my current reality where I am today. I ask the question, if I keep going like this, am I happy with the direction I'm going? And if I'm not, I change things to improve it. And if you break down your business and your life into different areas, it actually gives you something you consider, you can think about to work on and to improve. The question of where do you want to be in 10 years is too nebulous. Like you can't consider that. It's too big. It's too vague. It's impossible to consider. But if you start to consider what about the different areas of life? Am I going in the right direction? You'll start to to be able to review and work out where you want to get to. Which brings us to another quite contentious but important area of life, which is goal setting. And goal setting is one of these things that has got a bad name over the years. And I had a bad image of goal setting. I fought against this for years. Actually, my business mentor always pressured me to put goals in to do this. How much are you going to sell? How much are you going to do this? And I resisted him. And part of the biggest reason why I resisted him was because I felt like I was never going to hit those goals. And having done a lot of goal setting in the past, I felt like I was setting myself up for failure, disappointment, and feeling bad. Like I would set all these goals and then I would never achieve them and I would just feel bad. So I actually became allergic to goal setting for many years. But then I found a way to do it that was more comfortable for me 
that would help me get to where I want to actually get to. And this goal setting process, which I have borrowed from Jim Rohn and developed, has really helped me to focus in on what I want to do with my life. Really helped me. So I want to give you the process right now to help you consider and think about where you're going in these different areas of life. So here's the process. Maybe you want to get a pen and paper, write this down, have a think about it. But here's the process I use to set my goals, to work out where I'm going. And I do this once every six months or so to make sure I'm still on target because I tend to set fairly short term goals that I think I can actually achieve and I can actually do that stretch me slightly. And I go for it and I have fun with it and I make progress. And then I come back and reset and go, where am I? What am I doing? And all this stuff. But if I constantly do that, I feel like I'm on the right track. And I think the mistake that people make with a lot of this stuff is they set goals once and then that's it. They just like get on with doing stuff for six months. Then they have this feeling of like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, but I've got these goals and I'm not feeling attached on them. And I feel like I decided once that I should do this. Therefore, that's what I should do with the rest of my life. They lose motivation and then they stay in that lost sense of motivation for months, if not years afterwards. But I found doing the review process I outlined a minute ago and doing this goal setting process once every six months or so helps keep me invigorated, helps keep me full of energy and working out where I want to go. So here's the goal setting process. Step one, write five things you are proud of. You might be thinking, well, Alan, that has nothing to do with goal setting. Well, it helps to put you in a good state. (laughs) It is very difficult to write goals, to think about the future when you're not in a good mood, when you're not in a good state. And I would definitely recommend if you're not in a good mood, don't do it that day or work on changing your state ready for this. So go for a run, do some exercise, have a nice cup of coffee, set your environment right and feel good. Because if you're setting goals in a bad mood, you're going to get bad goals. You're going to get self-judgment and different things going. So get yourself in the right state and then write down five things you're proud of, which will help you to feel good. And whenever I do this, I go, actually, like I'm proud of my relationship with my wife. I'm proud of my finances. I'm proud of this. And I'm proud of the fact that I love Lego and I'm not afraid to tell people that and I don't hide my weirdnesses. I'm proud of being me. I'm proud of working with Simon, my business partner. I'm proud of Henry. Like it's very easy to get a list of things you're proud of and then you go, okay, I feel quite good. I've already done good. Because this is one of the dichotomies that happens with goal setting is people think that, and I did for many years, and a lot of people I know still do. If I set a goal, it means there's something wrong with my life right now. So what people do is they avoid setting goals because that act of setting a goal makes them feel unhappy with their current situation. This is what Katie, my wife, would call binary thinking. Binary thinking is it's either a one or a zero. That's the underlying computer language. Things can only be one or zero. So if you set a goal, you can't be happy with where you are. The goal is one, current life is zero, and you've got to move between the two. However, if you really truly want to get comfortable with goals, you have to realize that setting a goal does not mean something is wrong 
right now. If I set a goal of growing my business, does that mean it is rubbish at the moment? Not necessarily. It just means I want to move in that direction. If I set a goal in my finances, should that make me feel bad with my finances right now? Not necessarily. And even if the finances are in a bad state, it doesn't matter. Like you're just making progress from where you are. And I think this is one of the biggest realizations that I've had of goal setting. Setting a goal out in the future doesn't mean something is wrong right now. You can have goals and be happy with your life right now. It's not binary. You can set a goal for doing something cool in the future. You can set a goal for changing something. That doesn't mean that it's rubbish at the moment. And that's actually one of the biggest pain points with goals that people have. And if you can realize this, if you can live like you want to achieve something and you're happy in the moment, that's one of the true keys to success. And it's one that took me a long, long time to work out. Just because you have a goal doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your life currently. And if you can work this out, that's the key to being happy right now and working towards something. It's not binary. It doesn't mean that if you have a goal, you're unhappy with where you are. It just means you have something positive to move towards. And knowing what you're moving towards, knowing what you want in life, is one of the most important things you can do. Most people have no clue about where they're heading, what they're doing. They have no idea. They just bumble around doing things. And if you do that, you're going to get those results. If you work out where you're going, and then you start to slowly make tiny actions and steps towards it, you can build something extraordinary and incredible. But most people have no idea. Try it. Go and ask your friends, what are you looking to do this year? What are you looking to achieve? And nearly all of them will tell you, I don't know, maybe like get a bit fitter or read a couple of books. No one has an idea of where they're going, what they're doing. This is one of the most important things you can do. So first step, write five things you're proud of. Feel free to over deliver. <laughs> Some of you will have a lot of things you're proud of. The idea is this puts you in a good state. Step two is come up with 50 things you want to do, have, be, or experience. Yes, I said 50 and feel free to over deliver. Go to 75, go to beyond. Once you get into this, it's an incredible experience. But most of you are probably having the reaction of 50, 50, Alan. I don't think I could come up with 10. Well, the reason for 50 is the first 10 you will write are the same 10 you've been talking about for 20 years. And if you really wanted to do them, you would have already done them. So let's push past these standard answers and actually work out what you want to do. And they can be tiny things or they can be big things. It doesn't matter. And I want you to think when I say the word goal, people have this corporate image of smart goals and it should be smart. And I need to be very smart. So I'll be specific. I'm going to have 50 customers and it's measurable. So I have that number and it's attainable and it's all that other stuff. Time bound, I'm going to have 50 goals, 50 customers by next, whatever. I'm not talking about that type of goal. It doesn't matter what type of goal it is. And actually, I was running one particular workshop and a lady completely turned on me when I said about goals. And she said, I don't want to have goals. All I want to do is have a new dining room table that I can have my family around for meals. 
And I remember thinking as I was delivering a workshop on stage, that is a goal. (laughs) The goal is to have a new dining room table. The goal is to set up your environment so you can have your family have dinner with you each night. That's your goal. And I don't care what it is. If your goal is to have a new television, if your goal is to have an upgraded pair of headphones, if your goal is to go traveling to somewhere, your goal is to have a weekend away with your partner. I don't care what it is. Stop getting hung up on what a goal should be and start thinking about what you want. Who cares what society tells you you should do? Start thinking about the life you want. And they could be big goals, like I want to get to financial independence, or they could be small goals. I want to redesign the sales page on my website. I want to do a YouTube series. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to buy post-it notes ready for when I do a creative session. One of your goals could be to do a goal-setting exercise like this, and you write it down. Like It doesn't matter what it is. Just write it down. And here's some prompts to get you thinking. One of your goals might be people you want to meet. So do you want to, like my list would be, I want to go and hang out with Tim Ferriss for the afternoon. I think he's fascinating and I'd love to have a chat with him. I want to meet Tony Robbins. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like who do you want to meet and spend time with? Or it might be places you want to go. I want to go back to Bogota. I loved it there. I want to go to Argentina. I want to go to Vietnam and travel around Asia. There are places I want to go. Slight caveat at this point. Uh, I was doing this exercise right in the during COVID in lockdown, and I found places I want to go quite difficult and a little bit triggering because, well, I couldn't go to any of them. But you kind of have to go past that and go, well, okay, we'll get there eventually. Doesn't have to be now. So please do still put them down places you want to go, things you want to do. One of my experiences, I want to go to Disney World for a week. Like those are things you want to go to. Then what experiences do you want to have? What do you want to experience? It might be as simple as I want to experience a type of massage or I want to experience Thai boxing, or I want to experience this or that, or being in a writer's room, or I want to experience getting my first customer if you're building your business. Like, what do you want to experience? What technology do you want to own? Do you want a new laptop? Do you want headphones? Do you need a new hard drive to back up your pictures? Do you want a Kindle? Do you want this? Do you want that? What technology do you want to own? What things do you want to have in life? I remember. One of my big goals early on was to have an American-style fridge. That's what I wanted. If you're from the UK, you will know the average UK fridge freezer is 60 centimetres wide and is tiny and doesn't hold food very well. Whereas American fridge freezers are double the width. They're huge and so cool. I was so excited. That was my dream. That's what I wanted. Don't judge me for my dream. I wanted an American-style fridge freezer. And I don't care what your dreams or your ideas are. And I want you to stop caring what other people think of your dreams and ideas. And I want you just to write them down. What things do you want to have in your life? I want to have Marvel Lego. I want to have nice technology, a nice laptop, nice headphones. Those are things I want to own in my life. What finance goals do you have? 
Do you have goals to make money in your business? Do you have goals to save money? Do you have goals to track your spending, to have fun, to come on the next Rebel Finance School course with Katie and I? Like, what are your goals in finances? This was actually one of the biggest goals Katie and I had for many years. We set the goal way back in 2015 of having £1 million invested. That was our goal. We were already reasonably on track. We've been saving, we've been investing, we've been, done a lot of work to put ourselves in the right place. But that was our big goal. And that drove us for five years, our conversation, our energy, our focus. It was a phenomenal goal that inspired us both and got us going. So that was an example of a huge goal that got us going. And maybe your goal is to save a thousand pounds. Maybe your goal is to get your first thousand pounds invested. Maybe your goal is to create an emergency fund or to create more sales in your business, to become more profitable, to do this, to do that. It doesn't really matter. What goals do you have in the area of finance and money? Well, what about education goals? What do you want to learn? What courses do you want to go on? What books do you want to read? Have you been on a rebel business school? Is that something you want to do? Do you want to come on rebel finance school? Do you want to go on a landmark forum or do you want to read a book or this or that or download an audio CD set? What do you want to learn? Or family goals? Do you have family goals? I want to have dinner with my family every this. I want to take them away on a weekend. I want to go and experience this with my son. I want to do this with my daughter. I want to go as a family to do this. I want to help my kids do this. I want to experience this with them. What family goals do you have? Or what giving goals do you have? I've learned this and I want to create something that I can give. I want to write my thoughts in a book and give it away. I want to give my time to support this. I want to help these people. What giving goals do you have? What about health and fitness? What do you want to experience in health and fitness? Do you want to be lighter? Do you want to be more flexible? Do you want to be able to go to the gym and push weights? Do you want to be able to do yoga so that you're more flexible? Do you want to just have more energy each day? What are the goals you have in health? And then final prompt, what fun things do you want to do? What's the fun you want to have? Do you want to design an escape room at home for your friends? Do you want to host a dinner party? Do you want to go skipping in the park? Do you want to read books with a friend in the park and just lie around having a picnic? What are your fun goals? Do you want to design a board game? Do you want to write? Do you want to learn how to cook pizza? Do you want to go on a training course to make this or learn how to barbecue or do this? There's so many exciting things you could do or experience in life. And that's my question. What do you actually want to have in life? So there's a huge amount of prompts. First time I did this exercise, I struggled to come up with 10. I got past the first 10 and then I started to fly. And by the end of it, I think I had like 80 goals. I was like, whoa, where did all this come from? And I was so excited about all these different things I could do, experience, have, all that sort of stuff. And I felt really good about them. So step one, five things you're proud of. Step two, 50 goals. Step three, go through each one of them and mark them all. I think I want to do this this year. This one, three years. This one, five years. This is a 10-year goal. And you go through and mark down those different ones. So go through every single goal and mark them down. One, three, five or 10 years and give them a time frame. Then 
I would like you to choose your top four one-year goals. What are the things that get you excited? What are you passionate about? What do you want to do? Like, what are the things you really want to do? Choose the top four one-year goals and then choose one big goal. Doesn't matter the time frame. The one for Katie and I was we want to have a million pounds invested. That was it. That was the big goal. So choose your top four one-year goals and one big goal. Make your list of five. And then for each one of those, write a paragraph about why you want them. Why? And the reason for this is the expression, if you have a big enough why, any how is possible. The stronger your why, the stronger your reasons to do something, the more you have access to to be able to do it. It is incredible the energy that comes from having a strong why. So why did we want a million pounds invested? Well, we wanted to be free. We wanted to travel the world. We wanted to be able to do what we wanted to do. I wanted to run a podcast without ever having to worry about monetizing it because I wanted to help people. You've noticed there's no adverts on this podcast. We're not monetizing in any way whatsoever. I do this because I care about you and I want to help. And that million invested gives me the freedom to give away my time, my energy, and my expertise. So write a paragraph of why. Then becomes one of the most important questions of the whole lot. Have a look at the five goals and write down the answer to this question. Who do I have to become to achieve these goals? Who do I have to become to achieve these goals? So if you think about a million invested, who do I have to become? I have to become a good money manager. I have to become a smart investor. Like the person who's done this, I am a smart money manager. I'm good with money. I'm good with finances. I have a good relationship with money. I feel confident about my investing. There's a whole set of things that I need to become to get there. And it's similar with business goals. Let's say one of your business goals is to grow your business and to get X new customers. Well, who do you have to become? Well, you have to become a great marketeer. I need to be fantastic at writing copy to be able to get my website to sell. I need to be a great salesman. Who am I? I'm an ethical salesman that sells well and helps other people. That's who I am. And once you've decided who you need to become, then we need to start to think about what self-development do I need to do to become that person? Because no one is born a great marketeer. No one is born a great salesperson. No one is born a great money manager. It's stuff you learn. So this whole thought process gets you off the sideline, gets you to think about what you need to learn, develop the skills, who you need to become to be able to do this. Then there's a little check after this, which is, am I willing to pay the price to get to my goals? And one of my thoughts a long time ago was, I'd like to be a stand-up comedian. I'd enter some competitions. I got to the top four in the country in humorous public speaking with the Toastmasters competitions. I loved that. I did a couple of stand-up sets. I had great fun entertaining people. And the natural high of making people laugh, it's nothing like it. And I had this thought of, I want to become a stand-up comedian. But then I thought about the cost. What's the cost? And the cost is stage time and practice. Okay. So I need to practice. I need to get on stage. 
And at the time I lived in Basingstoke, which was like an hour's train ride from central London. Most of the comedy clubs in central London, I would need to go to central London probably five nights a week to get on stage, to do a five minute set, to practice, to then come home again. Well, it's an hour and a half to get to the comedy clubs, do your five minute set, hang out, make friends, and then it's an hour and a half back. That's a big investment. And my wife has a full-time job. So I'd be giving up my evenings, which is the only time I have with her. Am I willing to pay the price to become a stand-up comedian? And the answer for me was no. And that's okay, because I've actually thought it through and worked out what I want to do with my life. And I made a decision to leave that behind and focus on corporate speaking training because I could do that in the day. And I still get to make people laugh. I still get to have fun. I still get to be on stage. I still get a lot of the experience, but I have my evenings to spend with my wife. So there's an important check. Are you willing to pay the price to get to your goals? If no, that's okay. Park it and choose something else. If yes, then the next question becomes, what are we going to do now to get going on this? So from those top five goals, we want to put a next action against each of them. Am I going to go on a course? Am I going to ring someone? Am I going to mail someone? Am I going to work on my website? What am I going to do? What's the next action I'm going to take now to get going on my goals? And that is how you go from a nebulous, I want an extraordinary life to what's the next action I'm actually going to do that you can make progress with? Which this then brings you on to the question, can you learn anything? And there's always, for as long as I've done self-development, been a belief or a debate around the question, are you born with it or do you learn it? How much of this stuff is innate talent versus learnt skills? And you can probably already tell which side of this equation I land on. I'm a big believer in you learn it. You learn all of it. And I remember running courses for Microsoft. One of the courses I ran was called Coaching for Presence. It was a two-day course on developing presentation skills, the ability to have presence, be in the moment, connect in meetings and influence people. It's a really fun course. used to love running it. And it always came up. Are you born a good presenter or do you learn how to present? Are you born an introvert? Are you born an extrovert or is that something you've learned? And I remember my particular piece in this workshop was, do you believe you could learn to be a stand-up comedian? Do you believe you could learn to be funny? And I would look at these people and they'd have this thought in my head, I don't know, I don't know. And there is a difference between desire and ability. Lots of people don't have the desire to be on stage and make people laugh, but that doesn't mean they can't learn it. And to prove my point, I would teach a workshop on how to write a joke. When you actually get it, it's quite easy to write a joke. There are structures, there are ways of doing it. It's a learned skill. So I'd teach these people to write jokes. I'd help them put them in their presentations. And by the end, they were making each other laugh. They were making us laugh. It was fantastically fun. And that was my bit of, you're not born with these skills. I wasn't born being able to write jokes. I didn't pop out of the womb and then into the nurse's or the doctor's arms and go, ta-da, here's my joke, laugh. That's not how it happens. You learn the skills. And some of us 
learned the skills early on through our parents, through conditioning when we were very young. Some of us didn't. We learned other skills, which actually trapped us in that way of thinking, which makes it harder for us to change. Doesn't mean we can't. So I'm a big fan of the belief that you can learn anything. So then how do you start? Well, I am the biggest fan of books and courses, the absolute biggest fan of books and courses. I remember on one particular training course I went on, they said, you buy the top three books in any subject and read them, and you will know more than 99% of the population. You will be the expert in that subject. So if you want to be the expert in negotiation, buy the top three books on negotiation on the top course, read it, study it, learn it, and you will be the expert. If you want to learn sales, buy three fabulous books on sales and implement it. Do it. If you want to learn marketing, like if one of your goals is to build your business and get X customers and you've worked out who do I need to become to do that, I need to be a great salesperson. Well, go on a sales course, read a sales book, learn sales, get a CD set on sales and learn it. If you do that, it's unbelievable the progress you can make if you implement it, which is always the downfall. So many people I meet, they've read the same books that I have, but they don't do it. I'll tell them, have you read this? And they'll go, yes, I've read that. I was like, well, you don't do it. You're not living it. You're not acting it. It's the implementation. So here's my strategy for reading a book that I use to learn that has created the courses that I run, has created the thoughts that I have that's helped me become the human being I've become. And my strategy currently, like I used to actually buy the book and make physical notes with pen and paper. And I love doing that. You know, I'd get out my colored pens, get out a big notebook. I remember reading Guerrilla Marketing and I've still got pictures of that in my electronic filing system. I've got a notebook where I went through, here's all the different marketing methods, here's my thoughts about them and then what I'm actually going to do about it. And I was passionate about making notes. My modern version, which I've used for probably the last, I know, eight years, is to read on a Kindle. And a Kindle has an incredibly handy feature where you can just highlight a paragraph, a question, a set of bits. And I can drag my finger across the Kindle and highlight it. I can then take those notes. You can log on to Amazon, find all your highlighted sections or on the Kindle app. And then I can drag those out and put it in a notebook. I use OneNote. Use whatever you want. I'm a big fan of OneNote. So I highlight all of the bits of the book that I want. I drag them out, I put them in one note, and then I make notes about what I'm going to do, what it inspired me to think, how it works in my life. And if there's an exercise, lots of the books that I've read have fabulous exercises in them. They say, answer these questions. Do you stop and write answers to the questions in the books that you read? In the podcasts you listen to, do you make notes and then implement what you learn? Are you actually going to do the goal setting exercise from this podcast? Most people never bother. So I would take the notes out of the book, put it in OneNote, create my answers. I would do every exercise. I would answer the questions and I would work through it and then I would implement it. And that, Katie and my business partner Simon say, is the magic. I actually do what I learn. And we're not talking about massive changes always. It can be tiny habits. 
each week you study something and you take what you've learned and you implement it and you do it. And you can always keep doing those bits. The key is the speed of action. How quickly do you go from reading to implementing? How quickly? The most dangerous words in self-development and training are, I know that. Do you know how many people come to my courses and go, yeah, 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 Alan, I know it. And then I chat to them one-to-one afterwards and ask them questions and they know it, but they're not doing it. They're not living it. They're not making it happen. And I have to catch myself. I went recently on a self-development course in Los Angeles and I caught myself going, yeah, 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 I know this. But then I have to stop myself and go, okay, you know it, Alan, but are you living it? Are you doing it? Is it valuable in your life? Do you need to go back to the basics and reapply? Because most people do not do that. The most dangerous words in self-development are, I know that. So maybe have a look at your business right now. Maybe have a look at your life right now and think, where am I not doing what I know? Like I know that a mailing list is the most important and valuable asset for my business. Am I doing it? Do I have my mailing list set up? Am I capturing email addresses? Am I regularly marketing to them? Am I living what I know I should be doing for my business? And I found it quite interesting running the Rebel Business School courses because like, people said to me, Alan, how do you know all this about business? How do you do it? And well, it's because I've repeated it to myself every two weeks for years and years and years. And every time I would run the Rebel Business School, I'd be teaching the people in front of me a term and I'd be thinking, am I doing this in my own business? And it would always inspire me to do more for Rebel Business School, for my life, for what I'm doing. So the question is, are you actually doing what you learn? Because it's great to read the books. It's great to do the exercises. But are you applying it? Are you actually doing it? What are you doing? So the question after the goals exercise is, who do you have to become? Who do you want to become to achieve these things? What attributes, what skills do you want to develop? And Simon likes to say that the Alan before you now is not the one that existed when he first met me. And that's true. I've crafted the Alan I want with the ways of interacting. I've chosen my beliefs. I've chosen my energy. I've chosen what I do. And that has made such a huge difference on my life and my world. Because if I've decided, if I want to run a podcast, what do I need to be? Confident. Who do I need to be? I need to be confident, Alan. I need to be well-researched. I need to be uh, positive. Those are the attributes I need to run a podcast. So I go through and go, okay, confidence. How do I develop my confidence? Well, there's a million books on confidence. Let's find the top three on Amazon. Let's find a course on confidence. And actually, confidence is one of those things that when I was younger, when I was first starting out in business, I realized confidence was the underlying thing of nearly everything I did. In the very first pop-up business school we ran, we ran a workshop which was the magic ingredients confidence. Like if you think it's confidence you need to be able to achieve your goals, learn it, read the books, do the exercise, practice every day, develop it, and you will start to change and become who you want to become. The Alan in front of you today on the podcast is not the Alan that left school. It is not the Alan that struggled through early jobs. It's not the Alan that started in business. It's a more confident, more direct more charismatic, Alan, 
that I have worked to create. You are not defined by how you were born. You can develop into whoever you want to be. So who do you want to be? And I've repeated on this podcast many times, you create your life. Decide that you are the creator and build the life of your dreams. I don't think I've said to you, you create yourself. You create who you are. If you want to be confident, if you want to be charismatic, there are books that will teach you how to be charismatic. There are books that will teach you how to feel confident. There are courses, there are ways of thinking that will help you be successful. You get to decide. So who do you want to become? What do you want each area of your life to look like? Because the extraordinary belongs to those that create it. And you get to create yourself, your life, your relationships, and your world. One of the things that I always loved that I learned early on in a course was, if you want to do something, find someone who's done it before and learn from them. One of the best ways to do it is to find someone who's done it before and learn from them. Someone who's confident in this area, someone who's a great presenter, someone who's charismatic, someone who's built an incredible business, find them and learn from them. Now, people say that's great, but how do I get hold of them, Alan? Uh, You know, Tim Ferriss has a whole thing about how do you get hold of famous people and interview them. Go look at his stuff if you want to. I never actually found I needed to. Nearly all of my mentors I've never met. They were authors. They ran courses. I've seen them live. I've read their books. I've watched their YouTube videos. I've listened to their podcasts, but I've not met them. People who've changed my life. Tim Ferriss completely changed my life with his book, The 4-Hour Workweek. I've made notes on that repeatedly. I've read it again and again, and I've worked to implement it. Never actually quite created a muse, but I have implemented so much from his book. Gary Vaynerchuk, the first DVD I watched of him, changed the way I looked at social media, connection, marketing, and sales forever. His content was exceptional. He's one of my mentors, and he's never met me. He probably doesn't know how much of an impact he's had on my life. I have messaged him to tell him, but I don't think he probably really realizes. And then you've got people like Tony Robbins. His was the first ever self-development book. I was given Notes from a Friend by Tony Robbins. It changed everything for me and started to help me grow. And he then led me to NLP and Richard Bandler and these mentors that I have, have been developed through reading the books and going on the courses. And then when I have a problem, I ask myself, what would Tony do? What would Tim do? What would Richard do? What would they do if they were in my situation? And that gives me a whole new perspective, a whole new range of ideas, and a whole new way of looking at people's problems. If you've listened to enough of my podcasts, you probably have a mini Alan installed in your head by now that you can ask what to do if you get stuck. What would Alan do in my situation? And you probably have the answers after listening to my podcast for a while now. So what I wanted to do with this podcast was set about giving you the tools and techniques to help you methodically build your life. You can build any life you want to. You can become who you want to be. All you need to do is start methodically doing it. That's what I want you to do. So the thoughts and ideas from this podcast have been Start to think in decades, not years. 
Break it down into areas in business and in life. Think about creating goals. And just because you have a goal doesn't mean there's something wrong in your life. Think about creating goals. Come up with ideas. Get inspired. With a big enough why, anyhow is possible. So work out why you want these goals. Then, who do you have to become to make these goals happen? Because you can learn anything. So buy the top three books on confidence. Go on a confidence course. Read the books. Take notes. Do the exercises repeatedly. Review and develop your skills. Because if you create this into a habit that you do every day, you will create a learning machine within you that will help you achieve whatever you want to achieve. You create your life. You can do this. I believe in you. Even if you don't believe in yourself yet, no, I believe in you. You can do this. So let's start. Let's start right now. I've given you the exercises. I've given you the tools. I've given you the thoughts. Start. Because the extraordinary belongs to those that create it. It's up to you. So this is only the second ever episode I've done like this. That's just me talking to you. So I'd love to know what you think. Drop me a message through the website or WhatsApp or wherever you want to. Drop me a message and tell me what you think of this episode. And we have started to. Kiona has joined our team at the Rebel Business School and she is posting all of our podcast on LinkedIn. So if you want the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast on your LinkedIn, search for the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast and put follow on LinkedIn and you'll see the latest posts. We've also, Patrick, the podcast manager and I have been developing the website alandonigan.com to give you all of the content for this podcast. So if you go to alandonigan.com forward slash podcast, you will see the pages we have developed for you. There is a page for season one, which lists all the episodes. There's a page for season two, which lists all the episodes. And then each coaching series has its own page on the website. So you have a page for Christina season one. You have a page for Jamie the Artist season two. You have a page for Andrew Alinda, the YouTuber and season three. And very excitingly, starting next week, you will have a page for Keith, who's launching a food truck business. And this is one of the most roller coaster rides you will find on the coaching series. So go to alandonigan.com forward slash podcast. Have a look. Let us know what you think. Let us know what's missing, what you want from the website, what more you need. And I think even just looking through the list of the podcasts will inspire ideas and thoughts that will help you with your business. There's also on there a link to our WhatsApp account, which Patrick, the podcast manager, curates and manages. So you can leave us a message, leave us a voice note, leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. The only thing we ask in return for everything we do is to tell us what you think. We want you to take the information, the ideas, the thoughts, the skills, and to go and implement them and tell us what worked, what didn't, how are you getting on. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Thank you for being part of the gang. Thank you for being on this crazy journey with me. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. So stop listening to me. Go out there and start creating. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. 
be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.